Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If you missed our show this morning, Mornings with the Coach, here's what you missed. Hey, good morning, everybody. Coach out this week on vacation. It's Rich Herrera filling in, and I am happy to welcome Senior writer from the big league, Ryan Phillips, will be with us uh, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, joining us here on The Fan. Ryan, good morning to you. Morning. Big uh, night last night. Big night last night. What? Why? What happened? I, the internet broke. I, it, it certainly did. Game of, I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan, right? Oh, I was binge watching. I started like at 7.30, hoping to watch all 10 years so I can... Watch the finale. No, I I am proud to say I'm the only one in America to not watch one episode of Game of Thrones. I had to tune into Game of Thrones to forget about the Padres weekend. Yeah, it was not a good weekend. Uh, Jim Russell, uh, Jeff as well. Guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Are you guys happy this morning? Are you guys sad this morning? I know, uh, let's just get it right out of the way. You guys are all big Game of Thrones fans. Give me your reaction and do I have to throw out spoiler alert to begin this conversation? Uh, I think you have to throw out a spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. Let everybody know we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. And if you didn't watch it last night, here's your spoiler alert coming down in four, three, two, one. Brands the King? What the heck? <laughs> Who saw that coming? I mean, like, literally the entire series, 10 years in Brands the King. Sorry, that was my little rant of the day. I'm done. Hey, man, he was focal point at the end of the first episode. Gotta think. Technically, he was the first main character we ever saw, too. That's true. He was in the very first episode after, like, the pre the pre. I don't care. Just, you just barely saw him for eight years. And, then he was... and now he he's the king. Take a season off, he took, too? like, three seasons off. Yeah, he took a yeah. whole season off when he was in the tree hanging out. I personally, th- like, just react. I'm not going to, like, we can't go, like, super in-depth in it. Just personally, I thought it was very rushed. Um, I was okay with the ending. But to me, it was a little rushed. Yeah, I look... If, if we had gotten to this point, and we were talking before the show, if we'd gotten to this point after 10 seasons of the show, like there were two more season, full seasons of the show, I don't think people would have a problem with it. But the last two years have been super rushed, and, and I was talking to a friend about this, and you know, all the actors, it's been 10 years, they all want to go do different things, they all want to play different characters, all this stuff, they're kind of getting bored. So there's the practical aspect of... You've got to wrap this up at some point. You can't just have it go on forever. But the last two seasons were. It felt like you went from being in cruise control to breaking the speed limit over the last two years, and nothing got explained. Jeff, your thoughts? I mean, I'm happy with it. I have no issues. It was everyone got pretty much got their own kingdom. I mean, a lot of your favorite characters are still alive. I mean, I would literally watch a show of just council meetings if they would do a spinoff of it, okay. just to see the conversation. So all of this goes completely over my head because I didn't watch one episode of Game of Thrones. All I know is in the very beginning, my friend said, oh, you got to watch this show. It's awesome. There's violence. Check. Uh, there are... Kind of quasi-history stuff. Check. Incest. Check. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? Dragons. Dragons, check. Zombies. Hot hot girls, check. 
And I was like, ah, I just didn't get, I didn't have time to devote to it, so I didn't get into it. So for the last 10 years, I've just heard people just talk about Game of Thrones incessantly and have no idea what it's about other than there's a girl with the dragon I saw on Facebook once. They all fight for this throne that everybody seems to have that they all want to sit on. And eventually someone who's going to become king. Did I get a payoff? Did you get a, do you think there was a payoff? Yeah, there was a payoff. I think, to some degree. It wasn't a great I mean, at least with the Big Bang, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Big Bang, I'm tired of you people not keeping up on TV and movies, and I have to do the spoiler alert. At least Sheldon Cooper won the Nobel Prize. At the Big Bang Theory. I've never never watched an episode of that show. I've watched like three episodes. So there there you go. So that's what I was wondering. So is, is everybody happy? Can we do a poll question? Are you happy with Game of Thrones? Because I saw... Over the weekend on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other platforms, people wanting to have a petition demanding they redo the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh, there is a petition. Okay. Yeah. So, it, it, by the way, I think that is ridiculously dumb. Like, if you get a life, it's it's cool if you don't like it, but they're not going to reshoot a show because you didn't like it. Like, All right. So, if if you guys can help me, and again, everybody who calls the program today, I'm going to ask you: Did you like the Game of Thrones? Uh, finale because I, I just want to feel like I'm part of pop culture today. Yeah, I I am shocked that you have never watched. The never, episode, not once. I also didn't watch Breaking Bad. Oh my god! Uh, Who did you guys put I me on not, here? To I did not watch it? Twin Peaks. We don't know. I did not watch. I did watch uh, Sons of Anarchy. I got into that show. Okay, that was kind of a cultural phenomenon. But some of these I just don't want to be. With everybody else. I want to be a little unique. Uh, Talk about a show that lost steam over the last two years. And then the Uh, prequel, or the, 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 not the prequel, but the one they did afterwards with the Mayans, that just stunk. Is it over, or are they still doing it? I don't even know if they're coming back, and now they're talking about a prequel. I don't know. They lost uh, mojo. Yeah, and Game of Thrones, it looks like we're going to be about two years, and they're going to have another series of Game of Thrones, but it's going to be way in the past. It's going to be not related to these people. All right, for those of you tuning in, Ryan Phillips, Rich Herrera sitting in for Coach this uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Derek Togerson, A.J. Cassaville will take over on Thursday, Friday. Why? Because not all not, it, it takes an army to fill Coach's shoes. I don't think I can get up this early four, five days in a row. I think that's part I of it. I don't know how these guys do it. I, yeah, you guys are... I, I'm i still sleeping right now. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Just, I'll try and keep it down. Okay, so the reason why I bring up Game of Thrones to begin the program is I wanted to start the program on a happy note. Because when I walked in this morning, hey, Ryan, how are you? Mm. What's wrong, Ryan? Meh. What happened? I went to the Padres game. Oh, I get it. Why? You're just kind of meh today. Yeah, it was a rough weekend. Uh, I went Saturday night for a hoodie night. Uh, By the way, good-looking hoodie. Good-looking hoodie. I was I was stoked. My girlfriend was upset. She couldn't get hers. We had to we have to get a voucher and go back on uh, like July thirtieth to get hers. Um, Why didn't you give her yours? It didn't fit her. I mean, she's she look. Let's face it. She's gonna wear it. I mean, right. You know. uh, but just a rough night. It was a great crowd. I think they announced almost forty thousand, and then they lost seven to two. Margavichus was giving up home runs like. They were hoodies. Um, it was it was insane. It, it, you know, it was like every third pitch, it felt like somebody was hitting the ball four hundred fifty feet off him, and it was just rough. I mean, by by the third or fourth inning, it was one of the most depressed crowds I've ever been with at a sporting event. And then yesterday, the Padres again. Cal Quantro couldn't get out of the first. You know, had trouble getting out of the first inning. They're down four nothing before they even come to the rain point. delay to begin the ball game. So you're going to be you know off a little bit. And again, a rookie. 
going out there throwing. You have the rain delay, which is going to throw off his timing, but he just got beat up and beat up early. And, it, and it's been that way in each of his starts. He's had a real rough time getting out of the first inning unscathed. And, and again, uh, you look at Quantrill, and I really like his stuff. But he just he can't spot his pitches the way he wants to, and and I think a lot of people say when you're coming back from Tommy John surgery, as he did, he had as a his, when he was at Stanford, that's the last thing to come back, and it certainly hasn't come back yet, and and he's not pinpointing, but the guy's got good stuff. There's no question about that. It's the ability to to locate pitches, and uh, so they lost six to four. They've lost six to seven, seven or uh, six to seven. I think it's seven of nine. Um, Man, it's it's just not going great for them, and they're below 500 now. So for the first time all season long, they've dropped below the 500 mark. I think this is the second best start they've had uh, to begin the season, the first 10 games in at least, uh, in the last decade. And there's times where they started really slow, and they did make the playoffs. There's times where they started really hot, and they didn't. So it's a young ball club, and when you watch the San Diego Padres, um, I know there's a lot of folks that just go, oh, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. I'm just waiting for them to be the San Diego Padres. And there's another half in town that are like, all right, this is it. We've been waiting for A.J. Preller. We've been waiting for this dream. We've been waiting for this promise to see what the San Diego Padres are actually going to be. And you got so excited for the beginning of the season, so excited watching Manny Machado come to town. Yeah, you start 11-5, and five and people start, you know, Thinking good thoughts. Right. And there, there's that old adage in baseball, you can't win the, the first month of the season, but you certainly can lose it. Definitely. And you look at, like, the San Francisco Giants got off to the awful start. Uh, you look at the Padres, they got off to the great start. And that gives them an opportunity to be 500 uh, when you go into June in a couple weeks. Yeah, and, and look, if you'd started the season and you told Padres fans, hey, we're going to wind up at 500 this year, building towards next year, getting some more pitching in here, you know, Tatis will be a year in, uh, and and Machado will be comfortable in the, in, in the division, all of that stuff. If you said at the beginning of the year they'll be 500 or maybe a game below, you'd be like, all right, yeah. All day we're long. We're building towards next year. But you start off that hot start. Tatis is looking like not just a rookie of the year. He's looking like an MVP type guy. Amazing, you know, playing amazing, carrying, a, you know, Machado started a little slow in April. But then, it didn't matter because Tatis was tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah, it did. It really didn't matter. He's setting the table up top. He's, he's you know, and then the, these young pitchers were all pitching way above their heads. Right. You get that start and people got excited. Oh, everyone's underestimating the Padres, all this. And then the Dodgers start playing well. And then you play the Dodgers and can't beat them. And, and you kind of come back down to earth. You go to Colorado last week and you know lose two or three and then you go to los angeles and lose both those games and don't really look like you're competing with the dodgers look like the dodgers are in a league higher than the padres and then you get pittsburgh this weekend for four and you think okay this is where we get right we got pittsburgh's a good team but we're at home we're gonna get right and they lose they lose three or four i it's the, the the starting pitching and the bullpen are both problems right now we'll be talking about game of thrones all morning because that's what everybody in town's talking about today. Everybody in America is talking about Game of Thrones. We'll talk about that. And we'll also ask San Diego Padre fans, when is reality going to set in? Is this reality? It, I mean, it might, it might very well be. It's, you know, you look at the bullpen really struggling. I mean, who in the bullpen? If you, if you can point to the bullpen, mm-hmm. who do you feel confident this is a shutdown guy? you got Yates. I think everybody feels confident. Yates and Stammett are my two guys. And, and Stammett. 
Other than that, is there a guy you can point to and be like, all right, we need outs, let's go grab him? No. I don't think so. No. And and that's in that's incredibly when you don't have Tatis, when you're struggling to score runs consistently, that's a big problem. And it's been a problem over the last couple weeks. Musgrove set, pause, now delivers, and a high fly ball out to deep center field. Reynolds racing back. He's looking up. Renfro's done it again. A three-run home run and a brand new ball game here in the seventh inning. Hunter's 11th of the year, and the Padres, who could do nothing against Musgrove in the first six, have exploded here in the seventh. Five to four Pirates. Jesse Agler yesterday, ball game, Padres uh, scuffled offensively until Hunter Renfro with a three-and-run bomb put him in the ball game, but just wasn't enough as Cal Quantrill got into a hole early. The Padres were not able to rebound, and the Padres lose the game to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Rich Scherrera. Uh, with you this morning, along with Ryan Phillips and the crew, as we're sitting in for Coach. Uh, don't forget, Padre fans, follow 97.3 The Fan on Twitter and 97.3 The Fan SD. Get updates, highlights, and videos straight from Petco Park. Follow us on Twitter, 97.3 The Fan SD. All right, I asked, what's the answer to Padres fans' prayers of what's going on right now with this ball club that started so hot and now has regressed and now it's fallen be- below 500 for the first time this season. What is going on? How do you right the ship right now? Well, right now you need Chris Paddock to come out and be a stopper tonight. And then you need Matt Strom to do the same thing against Zach Greggy, who seems to light the Padres up every time they play him with his bat and his arm. Uh, but you need you need to turn things around. You need Fernando Tatis Jr. to come back, and we're hearing maybe a week until he's ready to to doing a, 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 a rehab assignment. But long term, what you need is you need to find some pitching. And, and I think that you need to find at least one or two bullpen arms, whether they're within your system or not. You need to find somebody who's consistent. And they, they just don't have that right now outside of the guys you mentioned, Stammen and Yates. They really need to find someone you can just look to down there. And at times it's looked like Adam Warren might be that guy. It's, at times it's looked like it could be, you know, Robbie Erlin. Who who can go down and just get you three to six outs in a game? And uh, it's just hard to find that guy consistently in this bullpen right now. Right now, I think the biggest challenge for the San Diego Padres is the sixth and the seventh inning. If I can get you to the eighth, I can get to Stammen. I get you to the ninth, I can get you to Yates. But how do I get you there? Because just about every starting pitcher on this team is five and dive. But yeah. that's to be expected. We knew that at the beginning of the year. And, and and they told us that at the beginning of the year. These guys are all going to be on pitch counts. They're all young. They didn't opt to go out and get a, a, a veteran starter like a Dallas Keuchel. And part of the reason is because A.J. Preller is who he is. doesn't want to give up the draft pick. You know, he wants to restock the farm system consistently, which honestly is a path to success and you wait till after june maybe if keichel's still out there you bring him in as a guy who could just go out and eat innings for you even if he's not a number one like you know a, a number two or a number three anymore uh he, he'll be the number one on this team and and he can go out and eat innings for you and and you're probably gonna need that and and you know, we know a guy like Paddock's probably going to get shut down early this year they're going to keep pulling him at 90 pitches every time oh, wait a minute we got to stop for just a second because if you're a Padre fan right now, do you realize that that is out there on the horizon with some of these young pitchers? Once they get to 180 innings, they're gonna start talking about shutting guys down. It's, oh, I don't even on. think I don't even think Paddock's getting close to 100, 180 innings. I, I think he's gonna be shut down at 150. 
And and quite frankly, that's coming up a lot faster than I think anybody thinks he is. He's at forty five right now. If he go he did ninety last year, what are they gonna maybe one thirty, maybe one fifty? I mean it, it, but with him, it makes sense because he's coming. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery and recovering from that. And he's a max effort every pitch. He is just humping it up there. Uh, it, it takes a toll. I, I wrote a blog last week uh, on our website, and I kind of went through some of the numbers and I did a little bit of uh, of analytics on it. And the San Diego Padres are tied with the Cincinnati Reds for the most appearances from their bullpen in high-leverage situations. Makes complete sense. doesn't surprise me. They are also next to last. I think they're third from last on low-leverage situations. So when you talk about high-leverage, low-leverage, watch the game. If you're watching the game, you realize when Chris Paddock goes tonight, and if he goes his five innings and gets to his uh, close to his 100 pitches, he's coming out. You're going to put uh, the next pitcher in. Maybe the game's in line. Maybe there's a couple runners on. You never have – this bullpen has not had easy opportunities, easy innings. They're playing, Five run leads. They're playing close games. That That's what that essentially means with the high leverage situations. And it's just like running your car. It's like driving your car. So if you're right now on the 15 driving and you have a – I don't know if anybody has these anymore uh, – stick shift. you got a five-speed. I don't know how many people – do you know anybody with a five-speed? My dad. Okay. Jim, do you know anybody with a five-speed? What's a five-speed? See? Jeff? I'm the wrong person to ask. I grew up in Oklahoma. Yeah, so you Tons know what a five-speed is, right? Yep. Do you know people with tractors? It's Yeah, my grandpa owns a farm. There you go. <laughs> I grew up on a cattle ranch, so yeah, I know. I, I, I farming and mm-hmm. wearing boots and everything. All right, so let me ask you this, Jeff. You're driving your uh, your dad's uh, pickup, and it's got, what, it's got a uh, four on the floor? Uh, his the one he does, has now doesn't, but his old one did. Yeah. Okay. So what happens when you're driving that thing, and you get you're in second gear, and you start seeing that RPM revving up? Can you drive like that all day? Me? No. No. I'll you, stall. Yeah, you've got to get to the next gear. What we're seeing right now is you're seeing the bullpen being used in all these high leverage situations. It's like running that RPM up. Eventually, you can't go yeah, 162 yeah. games. In the red line the entire time. Well, and that's why we've seen Stammen struggle lately, I think, is is he's just, they're not only burning him out by using him so much, he's got a rubber arm. They used him a lot last year, too. But this year, he's coming in, and it's the mandate is don't give up anything. Because right. you can't. You can't afford to. Close runs. You know, and if, again, if this were a team where they had started slowly and you're expected to maybe be 10 games under 500 to 500, you maybe leave guys like Brad Wick in there a little bit longer and let them get cuffed around and, and sort of learn their way out of it. But that's not what happened. This, the, the start to this season got everybody excited, I'm sure. And look, Andy Green's managing to win every game. He's not managing for the future because he knows, who knows if he's going to be around, if, he, if he's not, if, if he doesn't at least show improvement this year because they finally got him a roster with some players on it. But uh, I think, you know, Trey Wingenter coming back is going to help some. Um, he's got to throw strikes when he's in there and he's hitting his spots. He's he's as good as as anyone in that bullpen. Uh, but when he's not, it, it you know it's it's tough to watch with him as well. So so if you're if so the question I asked was if you're a Padre fan, fan what prayers do you need answered right now? I think the offense needs to help sure, pick up yeah. the bullpen. I mean we talk so much about pitching, 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 but they're in these one run games. They're in these come from behind games. You need some guys to you need to win a couple laughers. 
You, you need, need to win some 10 nothing games just to give your bullpen a blow every now and then. And I think the biggest change that we've seen is when Tatis was playing and they moved him into the leadoff spot, they started getting production out of the leadoff spot. And, and he started getting guys on in front of Framiel Reyes, in front of Manny Machado, in front of Eric Hosmer. And, and now, especially that Hosmer has picked it up and is playing well, y- you have a situation where you need those guys on to drive in runs. And, and he wasn't necessarily hitting early in the year, but they were finding ways to score runs with Tatis up in that leadoff spot. I think it was a good fit. I don't think he's a leadoff hitter long-term, but for now, he could fill that role really well that Kinsler and Margot and a couple other guys have really not done well in. We're also pointing a lot of fingers at the bullpen. Is it the bullpen that's not performing, or is it the starters putting too much of their workload onto the bullpen. Well, it has to be. I mean, it's a combination of the two, certainly. And, and you you know, it's like Stammen, as, as we brought up, he's given up runs, you know, in a lot of his recent outings, he's given up at least one run. You're kind of looking at that, and you're like, well, I can't really blame him. As you said, they're putting him in really bad spots. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's a combination of two. And I think that if it starters going deeper in the games, when you have to use the bullpen less, you, you really do wind up with a better situation for everybody. The problem is, as we've said, these starters, we knew from the beginning, they weren't going to be going super deep in games. And when you don't have that ace, you know, I... I the the I, shutdown guy. The yeah. shutdown guy. So you look at Chris Paddock, uh, I think Madison Bumgarner, who has not pitched that well this season... He's got, I want to say, 10 more innings pitched in, this, in just about the same amount as sure. Paddock because yeah. a veteran's going to go a little bit uh, longer. You look at um, Clayton Kershaw. In a couple less games, I want to say he's almost caught up with Paddock in the amount of innings that he's thrown. They go longer, and it saves the bullpen. So it kind of sets up as my ace is going to try to get me 7-8. I'm not going to use the bullpen. Maybe the closer setup guy. Boom, go on the next day, and as I continue to go through the rotation, the ace is going to eat up the most amount of innings, number two, number three, number four. By the time I get to number five, it's okay that he's five and dive because I know I've got my ace coming up tomorrow. The Padres don't have that luxury no. right now. And, and Paddock, you look at it, 45 innings in eight starts, that's fewer than six innings a start, and, and you need to be getting six. I mean, quality start is six innings less than three runs. If you're not even able to qualify for a quality start, you're you're not – you know, doing your job, but again, he's got reins on him to hold him back. So, you know, Joey Lucchese has 48 innings in nine starts. I mean, that that's not enough. It's just not enough. That's between five and six. All right, so Padre fans, we'll open up the phones a little bit and let Padre fans uh, chime in. What prayer do they want answered for this Padre team, especially with the Arizona Diamondbacks coming in, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are playing better than most people would have anticipated after they lose uh, their big slug in first baseman. Yeah, and and I still don't understand why they got rid of Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> he's he's a guy who wanted to stay, wanted to stick around, and they let him go. And and uh, that that was shocking to me, especially with how that well they're playing without him. I mean, you add him to that lineup, and and what does it change? Now you're going to look at the, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks coming in for this set that begins tonight. Uh, what's today? Monday. No, what's today? Oh, it's Paddock. Day. It's Paddock Day. It is Paddock Day. With the, you have to say it with a lilt in your voice. Paddock Day! Yeah. Get those cowboy hats out at the at the ballpark. Uh, Derek Togerson over at NBC7, who I do a Facebook Live show with on the fans' uh, mm-hmm. Facebook page, loves Paddock Day. Loves Paddock Day. I, it's my favorite day of the week. It's Paddock anyway. Day. 
I, I yeah, and and look, there 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 are things about Chris Paddock. It's just it's. I will say this about him that that's even more entertaining than when he's on the mound is watching him in the dugout during games. He is as into it as anybody. Oh yeah, he, I love that. Kid. Yeah, you you love that attitude. You love that that swagger, mm-hmm. right? That Texas swagger. Uh, Togerson likes to point out that you know in that mold of Roger Clemens and Kerry uh, Woods and those fire. Uh, fireball throwing Texans that just walk up and go, I'm going to throw you a fastball. Here it is. See what you could do with it. Not going to hit it. Yeah. Not going to hit it. I'm going to blow he, it when, by you. When he threw those two 97-mile-an-hour fastballs to strike out Pete Alonzo against the Mets, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's here for good. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just, our guy. Just yeah. walk it up and just owning the moment. Uh, so he'll throw it tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That also makes it a big night for the San Diego Padres because these games now count two in the standing with the team that's right above you. Yeah, and, and they're games you got to win. Coach off this week, Rich Herrera, Ryan Phillips. Ryan, of course, the senior writer from the big lead, uh, joining you, uh, getting you to work this morning. Sun's starting to come up. Rain hasn't been too bad. It was supposed to rain. It rained heavy last night. It's supposed to rain this morning, but it looks like uh, we missed most of it on your way to work this morning. Yeah, when I was driving in, it was misting pretty heavily. Other than that, misting, 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 very heavily. All yeah. right, so uh, phone lines are open for you eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. We'll talk Padres all day long. We're also asking you, happy, sad, or you don't care for the finale of Game of Thrones. All right, one caller you asked so far was the one guy who didn't watch other than you. Me and my homeboy Javier could care less. Everybody else, internet broke. Now we find out. According to Ryan Phillips, senior writer of the Big Lead, found this that there was a there was a water bottle in Woo-hoo! the episode. Yeah, what brand? I I don't know. You can't tell. It's just like a sliver of a water bottle behind somebody's leg. I was I was disappointed to see that this morning. Now, Jim Russell's a big Game of Thrones fan. Is, is that fair to say, Jim? That is very accurate. Yes. Are you? Are <laughs> well, you, he was. Are you? <laughs> are you excited that there was a water bottle last night? I, I told I told Ryan during this break. If I didn't notice it, I don't care. Yeah, and if I you don't notice, notice it. it on the on, if you don't notice it, watching it full speed, like watching it as it happens, right. does it really matter? It it's doesn't. not distracting. Like I'm not going to go back and dissect every single frame of the episodes for the last two seasons it's, to find mistakes. It's amazing how different we watch television now. Not we, like the collective we. Right. Uh, like it's you it's, watch it with Twitter. Yeah, and then and that's really bad. And then they break it down. It's, it, you know, it, one of the things that was the funniest to me was one of the Star Wars movies before it even came out, like three weeks before it even came out. It hadn't even been shown to critics yet, and people were seeing scenes, dissecting them, and saying, "This is going to be awful." It's like you haven't seen it yet. How do you know? And it's just a different way we view things. I mean, there are people I know who didn't go see one of those Star Wars movies because they're like, "Well, the internet told me it sucked." It's like they nobody has seen it. Like, why would you say that? So, and then why are this, you friends with this person? I, you know what? You need you need better friends. You need to hang out with us. Well, you don't even watch Game of Thrones. How can I hang out? We have nothing well, to I talk about. I was busy about, yesterday right? watching the. I was watching golf. I was watching the uh, the PGA Championship. Dustin Johnson made a run, and then he couldn't finish it off, and Kepka ends up winning. Then I was watching basketball. Raptors Bucks. Raptors Bucks. I've mentioned San Diego is. Um, Ted Leitner likes to say, Aztec for life, Kawhi Leonard. Had a heck of a game. Had a heck of a game. Raptors win. Uh, the Bucks still up 2-1. Double overtime. I mean, Double that was OT. a heck of a game. 
Double OT. Um, does it matter, though? Does it really matter? Is any go? Is anybody going to unseat the Golden State Warriors? No. As good as they were. They were down. They were beaten. And you watch them just flip the switch on. Boom. All right, guys. I guess it's time to play that. Here, here's the thing. You can shut the Warriors down and be up 15, and if Steph Curry gets hot, game's over. I mean, it Done. really... It's just he's he's so he gets hot like I've never I mean I've been I'm a huge basketball fan I played basketball I dissect you basketball, basketball? Uh, La Jolla Country Day oh. right there um, I I you know you break it down I have never seen somebody get go nuclear the way Steph goes nuclear I mean he just explodes and, and now it's, the and now what you want to see something? and it, he he just gets into these modes where it's he he knows don't do ev- it, rich <laughs> he knows every shot is going in every single you, shot is this a warning jim don't just, do it just don't do it are you sure come on I, I i i said one thing during the break i almost got killed come on can i please i've been i've been wanting to play with this it's like playing with fire it's like you know when you're a little kid and you find a lighter and you just keep mm-hmm. burning stuff with it come on jim please look when you win championships it's kind of you know you don't get any breaks. I'm just saying the poor Golden State Warriors, watch this. The poor Golden State Warriors, and I'm looking at Jeff, the poor Golden State Warriors playing without probably one of the greatest players of our generation and just an all-around great guy like Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Jeff, everybody Jeff is and their out, I'm like over here right yeah, now. Jeff is sti- – I, can I can't see his face, but I can see the steam coming out of his ears. My leg is, like, twitching under the table because it's so everybody angry. loves KD and the poor Nobody Warriors loves Kevin are, Durant. The poor Warriors are having to come over and, and kind of get past losing KD, who I hope he comes back because, you know what, Ryan? He deserves another ring. Oh, Jeff, go ahead. Even wait. I'm – he should just retire now. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who don't understand this, because, again, Coach is out this week. Ryan and Rich Herrera are filling in. Uh, Jeff is a big Oklahoma City fan. Yeah, Lifelong he, fan. Been a fan forever. Well, yeah. 10 years. I, I, <laughs> and I, he loves KD. <laughs> loves him some KD, don't you? Hope his career is over. Uh, here's the thing. I, I will say this about the Still Warriors. Still there in Westbrook, though. Oh. Kings have rings. Shoot I'm daggers. sorry. Go ahead. I, I this is what I what I'll say about the Warriors. I I don't think that they're a better team without Kevin Durant. I you know because when the offense gets bogged, if the offense does get bogged down, if guys get shut down, Durant is an amazing one on one player. He can make things happen for you. He can cha- he can turn up the defense and and guard uh, you know like he did with uh, LeBron James the last two times they played them in the finals. He's I mean, he's obviously an amazing basketball player. But I will say that team looks better on the floor together without Kevin Durant. The ball moves better. They they're crisper. They, they move the ball around. They look like they're having more fun, fun too, it, because it, they're not just isolating, waiting for exactly Katie to have his magic. Jeff. Yeah, they don't need him. Okay, I, they don't. don't. I mean, they they really don't. And I think that that's been the reminder the last couple games is just how far ahead the Warriors are. Of everybody, of is that everybody they lose else. a top three player, and they're fine. All right, number for you to join us, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Talking Padres all morning long. Tough weekend for San Diego. It doesn't get any easier, although today is... Paddock Day. Paddock Day. Everybody gets excited for Paddock Day as they take on the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, 833-288-0973. And Game of Thrones. Love it. 
hate it or just don't care like me and my homeboy Javier. Let's take a call from Dave and Kearney Mason. Dave, welcome. You're on the fan. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Monday. Happy Paddock Day, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, I really like the ending of Game of Thrones. Whenever I watch stuff like that, I suspend all disbelief, you know. And um, although a few plot holes, yes, a little rushed, yes, but we got to see a lot of the, lot of the people end things up, and I thought it was just excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I like to see everybody get their loose ends tied up. I like to see John Optineras, Drogon melt the iron. Throne. I mean, what more could a man ask for? I, I'm I'm there with you. I think I think that again, the ending was good. It felt rushed, but but we ended up about where I think a lot of people would have liked it to end. This up. guy clearly doesn't have Twitter. Yeah, because Twitter would have. Oh been... no no no! I've I've been um, reading all this stuff, man, and there's about fifty fifty. You know whether people liked it or not. I could give a rear end about um, a water bottle behind somebody's foot. You know, good for you. Not depending on the plot, and if people are looking for a water bottle behind a the foot, they're looking at the wrong stuff when it comes to Game of Thrones. <laughs> it had a little Lord of the Rings thing, did you know, where all all the guys are jumping in and smiling and jumping around on the bed with Frodo, but um. To see John get reunited with Ghost, even this old man started to cry a little oh. bit when that happened, you know? Whoa, it was that touching? Dave, I've never seen one episode of Game of Thrones. I was watching baseball last night. Oh, that's just you. Uh, I went to the game Saturday. Okay. And so, uh, uh, very dis- you know, and they put Will Myers and Austin Hedges up. They might as well just have them sit back down on the bench. They strike out so much, you know, just an automatic strikeout. And sit him down. But anyway, back to Game of Thrones. Excellent episode. <laughs> I'll let you guys chat. Later. All right, thanks. I, he was excited. No, I, look, I, I think that if you, again, it felt rushed, it felt hurried, but it, it, the ending gave you some of the moments you wanted. And, and uh, you know, the main character, Jon Snow, getting reunited with his dog, is it was, it was a very touching moment. Wait a minute. Ah! Ah! Stop! Jim, did he just break one of the rules? No. We spoiled it earlier. Spo- no, no, you... What's a spoiler alert warning? The caller just just destroyed the spoiler alert. Okay, yeah, so I mean, again, I'm just flowing with our with our listeners. So again, there is some panel out there that decides when spoiler alerts happen and when they don't happen. I'm not really sure how much time I'm supposed to give them for the spoiler alert. So do I need to do this throughout the morning so I don't make somebody mad on their way to work? I do not want to cause any road rage. If you didn't watch the finale last night, I mean. The final episode of Game of Thrones, then I don't know what to say. Like, there's, there's yeah, it's it's it was spoiled the second it ended. Because I listen, Endgame, Jim. You, how soon did you buy your ticket for Endgame? Oh, well, I saw the uh, press screen uh, two days beforehand, so I didn't buy a ticket. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so big shout over here. Yeah, oh, 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 look at Sabas yeah. Gay. Look at humble Jim brag, Russell humble here. brag. Uh, um, but you know, for most of us, like I had to wait four days to see it because I could not get a ticket. That's different. You have to buy a way to watch the Avengers. Right. This was free. Like anybody could have watched this. Well, I mean, you got to pay for HBO. Well, it's not like we all use the same ten yeah, HBO Go passwords. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> be a little different. I mean, twenty bucks to go watch this movie or steal someone's HBO Go pass, but th- that was a cultural phenomenon with Game of Thrones, yeah. and it was everywhere. So, I think it, the, I think on Twitter the top. All of the trending 
topics on Twitter were all related to Game of Thrones. I had my phone off the second I turned my phone back on, and the first thing I saw on Twitter was Game of Thrones. The first thing I saw on Twitter, Game of Thrones. The first thing I saw on Facebook was Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It was everywhere. All right, I just, listen, I I need some help. Maybe you guys, maybe I should start binge watching. You should. Maybe I should start. You should have started a while ago. It It takes an army to fill in for the coach. Truly, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Truly the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's Jim. kind of a jerk. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're, so you're right. surly. <laughs> He's surly all the time. So uh, those of you guys like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. My alarm just went off. Who are these two? It's uh, Ryan and Rich filling in for Coach. He'll be back next week. All right. So what did you do on on the weekend, Ryan? What was your weekend? Uh, Saturday, went, uh, Friday, went out to dinner with a friend, watched basketball, watched the Bucks just absolutely annihilate. Uh, the Raptors on Friday, Saturday went to uh, went to the game, went to the Potters game. Went to the Potters game. Uh, got a hoodie, but was sorely disappointed in the effort. Uh, By the way, good looking hoodie. Yeah, oh, it was great. You, you know, know how I can tell it's a good looking hoodie because you see people wear them as they get them. They threw them on immediately. Well, yeah, they do that, but then you see people wear them like three months later. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a solid, definitely a solid. I think uh, it's probably one of the best giveaways in baseball. Yeah, that it was a good one. They're 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 really nice. I uh, like coming up at seven forty. Carlos Pena is going to be joining us from MLB Network. He at one time had the it was um, Street Smith Business, I think is that what it is, or sport? No, uh, what's the uh, Sports Business Journal? Mm-hmm. Sports Business Journal said that a Carlos Pena giveaway was the best giveaway in all of baseball. What was the giveaway? A cereal bowl. Interesting. A Carlos Pena cereal bowl. He's going to be joining us coming up uh, a little over an hour from now from MLB Network. We'll talk Padres baseball with him. Uh, phone number is 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. We're asking your comments. We're talking about the Padres. What prayer do you need answered right now as the Padres have fallen one game below 500? Is it pitching? Is it relief pitching? Is it hitting? What prayer do you need answered as they get ready to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks coming up tonight? Um, we're also asking you your thoughts. Spoiler alert! Is that is, that's okay, Jim? I mean, Jim is Jim is. It's acceptable. It's I'll acceptable. allow it. You'll allow because he has Comic Con tickets. Do you have Comic Con tickets again this year? Not this year, no. I've kind happened? of I've kind of soured on Comic Con. What you go? What like, when you go like three times? And it's the same thing over and over. Yeah, I and then the crowds it's... get just bigger and bigger. And will you go down there at all? Uh maybe. But, but you were so proud of all the stuff you yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, there's really nothing new, and I'm never going to wait in line for seven hours to go watch a panel from you know yeah, whatever. Yeah. When by the way, they're all broadcast on YouTube. Yeah, right? I can watch it on my phone at home and be totally comfortable with it. Have you been to one of the panels before? I've never been to one. Okay. I've only waited the only thing that I've ever waited in line for was a Game of Thrones exhibit where you actually got to sit on the throne and like see actual props from the show mm-hmm. and you've got special uh limited edition like figures and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's the only thing I've ever waited in line for at Comic-Con. But besides that, I mean, it's the same thing over and over. Didn't wait in line for like autographs or anything like no, that. No, I did see uh, Hodor. Oh, oh, nice! So that was awesome. Who's uh, that? The, damn it, Rich. Um, <laughs> yeah, very, Again, very. for those of you tuning in, I'm the only one in America. My homeboy Javier and Chula Vista and I are the only two in San Diego that did not watch Game of Thrones last night. Yeah, it would take us about an hour to describe who an hour. Is. It would take an hour to describe who Hodor That's is. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Okay. It would take okay. us an hour to describe who that character oh, okay. is. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so the number 833-288-0973. What prayer do the Padres need? Answered and Game of Thrones 
happy, sad, or were you watching baseball the way I was last night? 833-288-0973. All right, we're going to get to Padres. We'll talk a little more basketball for you. Again, Carlos Pena is coming up. We also will be giving away tickets to see the Padres take on the Washington Nationals a little bit later. Can we do it this hour? We'll do it this hour. We'll give you some tickets to see uh, the Washington Nationals come to town, take on the San Diego Padres. But right now, let's get to the Padres Rewind. So while everybody else was watching Game of Thrones, just in case you missed it, some of the Padre game, you're watching uh, Brooks Kepka win the PGA Championship. Maybe you're watching some basketball. Maybe you're watching, I don't know, YPD or something. You, you were probably channel flipping and in and out of your car and going to get dinner and everything else. We want to make sure you got all your Padre information from yesterday. So here is the Padres Rewind. Want to know what happened with the Friars? It's time for Padres Rewind. He's hot. He's hot. Brought to you by EcoWater. Your water perfected. Quantrill comes over the top. Ground ball. Dive at second base. No way. Base hit to right field. The Pirates will score first. On the two-out single by Bell. His fifth hit of the series after going yesterday with home run, home run, single walk. And it's one nothing Pirates in the delayed first inning. Bell at second, Reynolds at first. This one is high in the air to deep center field. Back, leaping at the wall, over the glove of Will Myers. It is gone. A full count on Colin Moran. Man, oh man. Only the Marlins hit fewer home runs in the National League. They had nothing coming in here. Now they just, after four yesterday, bomb it again in the first inning. Four nothing, Pittsburgh. Polanco leads at first base, and the pitch is lifted in the air to deep right field. Renfro's going back. Now he's racing back. He leaps at the wall, and he makes a two-handed catch. Hustling back to first, Polanco throw comes in, and he gets there just ahead of it. Boy, Hunter unleashing one from the fence in right field. Nearly doubled up Polanco, who didn't think there was any chance that Renfro would be able to make that catch, but he did. Very nice defensive play, and out number one here in the third. 2-2. Ground ball up the middle. That's a carom. That's going to be off Garcia. That's going to the center field. That's going to score a run. Frazier around to score. This is 5-0 in the first add-on for the Pirates since they got that first four spot. Crooked type number in the first inning. One and two. The pitch. Reach four. Grounded the other way. That'll find a hole. He beats the shift. Garcia rounding third. He'll be waved. He'll come in to score. RBI single Alex Dickerson. And the Padres have broken through against Musgrove here in the seventh. Now 5-1 Pirates. Musgrove set. Pause. Now delivers. And a high fly ball out to deep center field. Reynolds racing back. He's looking up. Renfro's done it again. A three-run home run. And a brand new ball game here in the seventh inning. Hunter's 11th of the year, and the Padres, who could do nothing against Musgrove in the first six, have exploded here in the seventh. Five to four Pirates. 1-0, broken bat, one fisted up the middle and into center field for a base hit. Myers is charging, Reynolds is rounding third. He will score without a throw. And the Bucks get at least the one back, now 6-4 Pittsburgh in the eighth. Here's the 0-2, swing and a miss. Came back, doubled up, slider, slider. And it's the ball game and the series belonging to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They take three out of four in the ninth inning. No runs. The two-out scratch single by Hunter Renfro, and they leave that man. That was Padres Rewind, brought to you by EcoWater. Stay hydrated, San Diego.
Padres Rewind from yesterday. Padre fans, phone lines are open for you. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. So I've asked this a couple times this morning. Ryan Phillips, Rich Herrera with you sitting in for the coach. Um, What prayer do you want answered? So I'm going to put you on the spot first because... I can. You're a writer. I'm You're much sitting smarter. right here. You're yeah. much smarter than I am. Ryan Phillips, of course, well, I appreciate from I the appreciate Big You went to journalism school. I did go to journalism you, school. You know how to type. Do you, do you hunt and peck or do you use all ten fingers? Oh, i got to use all ten. Okay. Yeah. He can actually type, so he's going to go first. If you could pick one prayer to be answered tonight for the San Diego Padres to get them the victory, what is the most important? I, the offense got to help Chris Paddock out. Because you know Paddock is going to give you... I mean, last start he gave up four runs. I think right. it, you know he's gonna that that's an outlier. He's gonna give you three or less, uh, give up three or less. He's gonna pitch well, probably six innings at minimum. And if you are the Padres, you got to score some runs. You got you got to put some runs on the board, put some crooked numbers on the board, have some rally innings instead of just getting one at a time. And, and stop, you know, with the if you're going to hit a home run, <laughs> let's not make it a solo home run. Let's get some guys on base in front of those guys, in front of those big hitters. See, this is why you need to tune in this morning as your alarm goes off, as Alexa wakes you up, as you get ready to begin your day. We're going to give you something different than everybody else around baseball is talking about. Because if you were to read social media, you read some blogs, you read this, you read that, everybody's been talking so much about the Padres' bullpen, you and I are going to give a little bit of a different spin on this. I completely agree with you. As much as the bullpen has been taxed, as much as the bullpen's been overworked, as much as the starting pitchers go five and dive, they're all in high-leverage situations, one-run ball games. you got to get the offense going. You have to get the offense going if you're going to get and stay above 500. Let's run out to the SDCCU fan hotline. Joining us right now, someone I've known for a long, long time, Carlos Pena, MLB Network, our guest here on 97.3 The Fan. Los, how are you? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm pumped to be with you guys this morning. Thank you so much. So, Carlos, let's talk a little bit about a young ball club uh, trying to ascend out of that bottom division into the top of the division. San Diego Padres started red hot now have fallen one game below the 500 mark. What's going on inside that clubhouse? Well, I think uh, we can all agree that the Padres, in a sense, have given us something to be excited about. Even where they're at right now, the the club is ahead of schedule. You know, before the season started, even with the signing of Manny Machado, all of us in the industry were saying, look, the team looks pretty good, but they're not going to compete yet. Right, they're going to be. They're going to have to bring up those uh, prospects. There's going to be some pitching, uh, a young pitcher that's going to need to prove themselves in the major league level. And then all of a sudden, the Pirates go out and start off very well. They are top of the division, and everyone is really excited about it. It's incredible the emotional roller coaster sometimes as fans will go through. Um, and all of a sudden, you seem even more hopeful. You're thinking to yourself, "Okay, the future has arrived." You know, not so fast. Let's let's slow it down a little bit unless, you know, in, in a sense, count the positive things that have been going on. You know, one of the things that I pointed out was the fact that the young pitching is going to have to be proven. It's going to have to prove itself throughout the 162-game season. There's also been some injuries that have hurt the Padres. So before we get down in the ball club, you know, as a fan, as fans, um, let's make sure that we count the, the, the fact that this team is 
has performed way better than anticipated and ahead of schedule. So um, it's just a matter of when you play that long season, your weaknesses will be exposed. You, you're going to, to lose some games here and there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a step backwards. I think the Padres are still taking a step forward and they're still ahead of schedule. Carlos, we've been asking people today, and we've been discussing it. Do you think that the offense or the pitching is more important to the Padres right now if they're going to turn this around because they've lost six of seven right now? Right now, it's, it's just the, the pitching. You know, I, I've, I've said it all along. You know, when I look at the whole entire lineup and you see Myers, you see Hoffman, you see Machado, you see Fernando Reyes, you know, obviously Tatis Jr. has been injured. You're like, wait a second, uh, Renifro. I mean, you think of yourself, this ball club can swing the bat. That is not a question. Now, if the team is going to withstand the storm throughout 162 games, they're going to have to rely on their pitching. Now, they're pitching, extremely young, right? Extremely talented. Um, and if, I, I scratch my head every single time I see Paddock Fish. Because I'm like, wow, that's some serious stuff right there. And at times, his sequencing is just ridiculously on point and becomes virtually unhittable. But now, can he repeat that over and over and over again? Does he know exactly what makes him successful and what makes him unsuccessful when he has those bad games? Because sometimes it's not the what. It's actually the how and the why that's more important, more compelling uh, throughout the development of a player's career. So pitching is going to have to be key here. I'm not concerned about the offense. Offense is pitching. So if they're going to snap out of this one, the pitching has to with you know withhold uh, and, and stand the storm. And right now it's it's storming over there in San Diego with this uh, last you know few you know week and a half or so where things haven't gone well. Rich Herrera, Ryan Phillips sitting in for the coach this morning. We're talking with Carlos Pena from MLB Network. So Carlos, um, talk to us about being in a division when you have such heavyweights like the Dodgers, like the Diamondbacks, the Rockies went to the playoffs as well, and you're that upstart team, how do, treat, how do teams treat you, how do teams look at you, and how do teams challenge you? You know, I think uh, there's some weight to be thrown around. I mean, when the Dodgers come into town, um, there is a special aura, I guess. You know, and, and this I can speak from experience. You know, when we were over there in Tampa Bay, the race, the Yankees had that. The Red Sox had that. But once you get over it, once you realize that this is just all an illusion in a sense, you know, that when you get past the illusion and then it's just playing between the lines, then stuff gets real. I thought that series, uh, when the Dodgers came over to San Diego, and uh, even though the, the Padres lost two out of three, the Dodgers took two out of three in San Diego, the stadium was packed. Uh, Renifor hit that walk-off home run. That was absolutely huge for the ball club, you know, just because it immediately lets you know. It's one thing to think, yeah, we're good, we're good enough. You can say it all you want, but when you actually do it, it materializes it. It goes from knowing, you know, from from, from believing, you know, from hoping, and from in, in a sense being positive about it to knowing in every in the fabric of your mind, of your being, that you can compete against the Dodgers. When that happens. There is a paradigm shift, and I think it did happen in San Diego. It's very important for that ball club to know that they can compete with the Dodgers, you know, and be at the top of that division, and it's not a fluke. So even though you see the record, 
you know, this is something that happens in all the sports. It's, it's, we can go back to the four-minute mile, and that four-minute mile was, was finally attained, and there were many others who, who ran the four-minute mile. It happens in, a, in, in sports, and I think that was a huge series for the Padres, even though they lost the series to the Dodgers. So that's really what, what, takes, what it takes. If the Padres ever uh, aspire to become that, that top team in that division, there needs to be that belief inside, but more than belief and knowing, you know, 100% of your being that you can, you can beat uh, the Dodgers. And I think something did click on that series in San Diego. So, Carlos, where do you think this Padres team, I mean, right now, a game below 500, where do you think they can finish? I mean, obviously some things have to happen, but if you're projecting out right now, where do you, where do you project them to finish? You know, I think they're going to finish above 500. You know, I still do believe that the, the Dodgers are the ones that are going to be on top of that division. Um, and uh, it's it's been a pretty fun division to watch, you know, but uh, I, I still do believe that the Padres are um, – maybe a year or two away. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the fans because of uh, the prospects that are coming up, you know, especially the left-handed pitching prospects that are coming up. Um, it's, uh, it's really an exciting time. And I do believe, like I said earlier, that the Pirates are ahead of schedule. However, the, the, they need to be patient. You know, uh, the, the fans need to be patient and just stick to the plan. If you remember in the past, there were some moves made that were quite aggressive. I mean, if you, if you, if you go back just a couple of years ago, go back to uh, um, looking at, at the trades that were made, the free agents acquisitions that were made, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe we should do something like that right now. I say not so fast, not so fast. You went home and signed Machado. There's some uh, prospects that are coming up. Stay the course and do not dismantle or give up. Uh, some of that prospects that are coming up just because you want to be expedient instead of waiting for the right moment. Let it, let the process develop and, and, and come to fruition. So I do believe that the Padres are going to finish above 500. I, I don't believe that can overtake the Dodgers. The Dodgers are firing on all cylinders, but that's fine. We didn't even think that the, the Padres were going to be even close this year. And all of a sudden you see how fun it has been to watch his ball club play. Rich Rare, Ryan Phillips sitting in for the coach this morning talking with Carlos Pena from MLB Network. So, Carlos, I know we were talking a lot about the pitching, but I do want to talk about hitting, and I've been telling everybody all morning I wanted to get your opinion on Will Myers, who's struggling right now. He's a he's a streaky hitter. There's a time where he could carry a team on his back for 45 days, and there's times where he's going to look uh, completely uh, lost at the plate. You, at times, were a streaky hitter in your career, and there's times where I've seen you struggle, and there's times where I've seen you win games and carry a ball club. Can you talk to us what is going through Will Myers' mind right now, his approach, what it's like when you're just struggling and how you get yourself out of that funk? Yes, no doubt. Uh, one, of, one of the things that, uh, even when I look back at my own career, I, I can just look at all the time I wasted working on the wrong thing. See, when you're in the middle of those struggles, sometimes you really bog yourself down with just working uh, on treating the symptoms uh, of the problem. At the time, you don't know it. You're just working hard. And, and you think to yourself, look, as long as I'm sweating, as long as my hands are bleeding because I'm in the case swinging the bat so many times and repetition after repetition, then I'm doing all, all I can. But that's not necessarily true. With Will Myers, as it was with me, 
is the fact that we go to maybe I need to fix my swing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm uppercutting, or that was my case. I need to um, make sure I swing flatter through the zone. And I would go immediately to a technical aspect. If now that I stack and I can be removed emotionally from the game, now I can think a little bit more objectively, less emotionally, and I can say, wait a second, it's about timing. So if I were to talk to, to, to Will Myers right now, I know what he's thinking. Right now he's in the cage going crazy, like, what's wrong with me? I need to, you know, go the other way. I need to, whatever it may be, stay inside the ball, you know, be a little bit flatter through the zone, whatever it is that he's trying to key on. More than likely, you're treating a symptom. I would go immediately to timing. You know, I would have saved myself so much grief and so much effort if I would have been quicker to get to timing not so much technique as far as uh, the swing was concerned. So Will Myers, to get ready a little bit earlier, to give himself enough time so he doesn't have to rush to, to get to the baseball, to give himself a little bit more time so he can recognize pitching uh, pitches and not be fooled by the off-speed stuff, to race my sights so you don't chase the ball down in the, in the, in, on the zone, the off-speed uh, pitches down in the zone. If I'm looking fastball, middle away, low in the zone, I'm going to be susceptible to that slider low and away. So it's like, instead of thinking swing, I'm thinking approach. I'm thinking timing. I wish I would have done that more often when I played. I would have been better. And I wouldn't have wasted so much time in the cage just working on technique when I'm just carving up the wrong tree. So that's very common uh, you know, for all hitters uh, at this time. That's why we're streaky is because when pitchers cooperate with us, we crush. If they don't co cooperate with us, we struggle. And it's, it's so out of our control. Remember that in baseball, defense controls the baseball. You know, in every other sport, you got basketball. You know, basketball, you can, the offense controls the ball. Football, the offense controls the ball. But in baseball, defense controls the ball. So it's, it's extremely, you know, that's a very, very important point. So um, if I were uh, Myers, I'd be just concerning myself with approach and timing. That's it. All right, Los, we have about a minute here, but I do want to ask something that a lot of the fans have said and they talk about. And, again, you're talking about having an organized strike zone, knowing what I'm looking for, getting in those high leverage counts, going uh, hunting fastballs. Um, but for Will, a lot of times he, a lot of times he'll get pull happy, and the fans go, "He's trying to pull the ball. He's trying to pull the ball," which is his strength. You are the opposite. You wanted the ball to get as deep as you can uh, into the plate because you're going to go opposite field. That was where all your power is. How much does he need to play to his strengths versus opening up the field and just getting something to land? Yeah, that that is that is crazy when when we look at you know the end result. Like for example, we're talking about us pulling off the ball, right? Immediately, what I would do when I played, okay, I need to keep my shoulder in. You know, when in reality, the reason why I was pulling off the ball was because I was late. And I, upon realizing that I was late and I didn't have enough time to catch up to that pitch, I would pull off to create space for me to get the, the barrel to the baseball. So it was like counterintuitive because I'm like, wait a second, if I'm trying to go the other way, I need to, um, I guess, be late on the fastball so I can hit it the other way. And it's counterintuitive because the reality is that if I want to make to, to be able to stay in there and keep my shoulder in, then I have to take away the rush feeling, uh, you know, on my mind. So giving myself more time to hit 
allowed me to be comfortable enough with letting the ball travel. See how that's counterintuitive? So when Will Myers pulls off, it's not necessarily because he's trying to um, be early. It's because he's late. So he has to create space, pulls off his shoulder in order for him to give himself enough room to get the barrel to the baseball. You see how counterintuitive that is? Yep. If he gives himself a little bit more time, he will be able to stay in there, hit the ball to right center field because there's not going to be that panic um, panic button type thing in his mind where he has to pull the shoulder up to get his swing in. So the fans are right. You're pulling off? Yes, he's pulling off. Now, what they're wrong is, is that in reality, it's not about being um, early. Like, oh, he's too early. He needs to let the ball travel a little bit more. In order for him to let the ball travel, he needs to be giving himself enough time it, it so there's no rush to this one. It all gets time. Yeah, down it's time. unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Hey, Carlos, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure catching up with you. We'll talk to you again real soon. Yeah, man. Don't don't talk to me about hitting. I'll talk to you all day. You know how it is. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Carlos right, Pena joining us here on 97.3 The Fan. He was on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. Save. With a high-yield certificate account from SDCCU, visit SDCCU.com for details today. That was Best of Coach, 5 to 9, mornings, right here on 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.